victory. Yesterday, we looked at the fact that God had blessed us. Can I say that every one of you should always remember some key things I tell you. One of the key things I've said to you, paramount today is this, write down, God said. I make all this new. He said, these words are true and trustworthy. Write it down. Okay? Never go to the house of God without a writing pad. It will be a sin. Haven't you had now? Because if you come without a writing pad, you do not expect God to speak to you. That's it. That's what that means. Because if your mind or your brain could retain every word spoken without being written, you would have been the greatest inventor on earth that the whole world will fear. But we understand that man do not remember spoken words more than 5% or so of the whole brief. And that's why the Bible says, write down the revelation, all right, in a plain language. Make it plain, so that men may run with it. A revelation that is not made plain in your own language can never be fulfilled by you. That is any vision or plan or intention. You will never be successful if you do not write it down as you receive it originally in the language you could understand. Are we together? Come on now. I can hear you, church. So, therefore, we're looking at walking in victory on yesterday. We looked at Ephesians 1, 3 to 6, especially 3. And under the topic, God has a plan for you. Praise be to God who, who has got the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. In the heavenly realm, with all spiritual blessings. And I help you understand that all the blessings that God has given you and I is in the realm of the Spirit. And so because it is in the realm of the Spirit, we recognize from this scripture that God had blessed us with, with, you know, in the heavenly realm. We recognize that another scripture validated it, which is the book of Romans chapter 8. From verse 30, or from verse 29, really began to say that to those who have been predestined have been conformed, uh, those who have been foreknew have been predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. And he said that it may be the firstborn among many brothers. And he said those who have been, those who have been um, called have been justified, justified, and glorified. And he went further to say, What then shall we say to the response of this? He said, If God be for us, who can be against us? Against us? He who did not spare his Son, but gave him to us. How much more, along with Jesus, will he give us everything good? Memorize those scriptures as I've breathed through it. Don't forget it. They are weapons of war. Now, therefore, we'll, we stopped yesterday by also establishing from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, from verse 1 to 14, that God said, I have blessed you and I will bless you. I will prosper you. In verse 12, it says that I will open the storehouse and send it upon the works of your hand. He said everything you lay hands on must 
prosper. They are mandated to prosper because you lay hands. Even if people are, 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 are you know, liquidating by it, that hasn't got to do with you. If you touch a liquidation, it must revalidate. It must come back to prosperity. Okay? Anything. It, it doesn't have to do whether people don't like it. When you touch it, people will like it. Because it's the covenant of God with his saints. And this, you must know, I spent yesterday helping you understand that what God said is true. Even if you are not experiencing it now, during this period, you will know why many of, of Christians fail to prosper and they struggle and struggle. But at the same time, you can redeem it. At whatever age, you can redeem your life. At any age, I repeat myself. Moses did not understand his destiny until the age of 80. Really, it was not only Moses. Caleb, it was at the age of 80, his destiny reached his hand. And they said, oh, you're an old man. Let somebody else I said, never. Never. He said to Joshua, don't look at my age. He said, I'm as young as I was 40 years ago. And he's not talking about bone. He's talking about brain. His body is not as young as 40 years ago. But the older he is, the more intelligent in God he becomes. So, he is wise and intelligent, younger 40 years. I can still plan war, battle, strategy, and take my own inheritance. I can move my army. So, he led his army into possessing his possession. At the age of 80, um, somebody came here during this week, um, on, was it on Thursday, um, on Friday, yeah, on Friday, uh, one of our sons from America, who is a, is, is, a, is a PhD holder in civil engineering, but he majored in long span bridges. And uh, one of the brothers, uh, brother Mada, who has also got a master's degree in civil, came to me and said to me that, that I want to major. What area should I major? Well, I practice a lot in civil, and I just said to him that, look, the area I know in civil can never bankrupt. It's infrastructure. I said, but you know, I have a son here now who is an expert in this. I will want him to tell you because he is current in that field and he's practicing that field. If you talk of law now, I'm current, but not in the future of civil engineering. But I know that from my practice in civil engineering, if everybody don't have job, infrastructural engineer must have job because all your roads will get spoiled. By statute, they have a time period of years that each road should be resurfaced. Even if the surfacing is okay, they must scrape it. Because of health and safety. So you will always get a job if you are an infrastructure engineer. But when he met doctor, and doctor, I said, doctor, please tell, help me, you know, guide him right. And doctor asked him, which company are you working? He said, this company and that company. So, and he mentioned the name of a company. And doctor said, oh, that is the company you should work with. It's the best, you know, infrastructure company in the whole world. He said, look, the man who found that company, this is why I'm telling you this story. He said the man retired. At the age of 65, and he didn't know what to do. So his wife advised him that, why don't you start something in your, in your garage? <laughs> so he went to his garage and said, well, let me just use all the brain in engineering that I've got. And he began to play in his garage. And he became the biggest infrastructure company in the whole world. And he was thinking, he was talking to that boy, but he was talking to me. I vowed that by the age of 65, if I don't create something that will become a global force, I should be dead before that age. It changed my thinking straight away. 
It changed the way I reason straight away. <clears throat> you know why I'm saying this to you? You can't give up the fight of your life until you are buried. Even when you are dead, your dead body should be fighting. Are you with me now? So that none of you should get to think that you've got to at a particular age or a health cannot help you. You have not good health. So because of that, you give up hope. Satan bombards us with all these issues to paralyze our intention and motive in life. Okay? But anybody who is truly of God and truly reads the word, you will always concentrate on what the Bible says. He says, I can do all things through who? So for Christ to strengthen you, what do you do? You commit your strength to the hands of Christ by serving him daily. He doesn't strengthen people who struggle with him over their strength. If somebody is thinking about making it in life because you want a big, big house and ride big cars, God will be laughing at you because you are imagining vain things. But if your desire is that, Lord, I want to be better used. I want to really reach the world. How can I fulfill the calling of my life, upon my life? Lord, I want to go for this career. When I get this, I'll be able to do this for you. Then God will say, don't worry, I will show you that I am God. The knowledge you do not acquire, you will wake up with it. But you see, I'm saying this to you because I wanted to help you understand, though God has blessed us with everything in the heavens, but many Christians are poor and miserable. That order stops this year. I want to take this to the whole world. Alright? Now, therefore, between you and your blessing is the heavens. And one of the heavens, before the heavens where God kept them, are occupied by evil spirits. By, by, by the way, I would like to correct this error that some people have perpetrated in the church of God that some people believe that demons are not fallen angels. That is a deception from hell. All demons are fallen angels. We will get into that in this. When I talk about the origin of angels, the origin of demons and the angels of their standing and all stuff that I'll show you from the scripture too and from my encounter. No evil spirit was born by man's spirit. For man's spirit cannot give back to any other spirit but the spirit of man, according to Genesis chapter 1. He says to them, he bless them and told them to give back in their kind. Okay? From 2 to really 1 to Genesis. So therefore, we now understood yesterday that because the blessings are spiritual, it has to be brought to the physical, translated into tangible thing. The, the blessing is intangible in the sense that you can't touch it. You have to now translate it from the intangible to the tangible thing. And the only medium of that is seeking the face of God. Okay? Or else, the spirit that dwells between where God kept the blessing and where you are living on earth, they will hinder it. They do hinder it. But I will also help you understand that Satan does not have two weapons. He has only one weapon. And that is the weapon he has used from Genesis to Revelation by the evidence of the Bible 
and by the practicality of people who have served him and they have been delivered. And that weapon is deception. Now, when I say deception, it looks very simple. But when we go into the, into dive deep into this, you will understand that the devil has nothing but deception. Let, let me just give you this, this spotlight. Let's go to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, chapter 3. Look at verse 13. The serpent is the only weapon of the devil. He has no more weapon. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said what? Read it loud. I can't hear it. Read it loud, please. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Alright? Do you know what? Let me open it in my own Bible to you. The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Let's look at the man himself. Okay? The serpent deceived the man, the woman. The woman was the one that had contact with serpents, which is the devil. We know that the serpent is the devil because Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to verse 9 gave us the evidence of that. Ezekiel also, chapter 28, if you read from verse 12 down to verse 18, he gave us the evidence of that. Babatim. It's not metaphoric that you don't have to look for the meaning because it says, the one in Eden with the man. So, <clears throat> if you look at the man's record, verse 9 of chapter 3, Genesis, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? <clears throat> he answered, I had you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree? that I commanded you not to eat from. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. She did not deceive the man. The man was not deceived. Does the Bible say so? Yes. Now let's look at the book of Timothy. Yes. Let's look at the book of Second Corinthians first, chapter, chapter 11, verse 3. It says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your mind may, may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, if you look at this scripture, this scripture is saying to us that the same way the serpent deceived the woman, today he is deceiving Christians by taking away their devotion to Christ. Do we, get, do we agree on this? Come on now, let's pay. 
Read it. Let's read it all together. I want to go. But I'm afraid. So, which means that, you know, when we tell you, come to church, <clears throat> serve God, pray regularly, and some are doing it, but you find it hard to do it. There is a spirit of the devil that is just saving you. That is what the Bible says. Black and white. Yes? We agree? Come on now, let's talk, church. Good. Therefore, that would take me to... First Peter 5.8, which we ended discussion with yesterday. It says, your enemy, it says, sorry, um, yeah, First Peter 5.8, be self-controlled and alert, your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So, devil is always hunting after people. Either Christian or no Christian. He wants to just kill, steal, destroy. Alright? And if that be the case, we recognize from the other scriptures that we have read, now, from Second Corinthians chapter 11, and also from the book of Second Timothy 3, 12, 11, uh, 12, 13, that the only way the devil does that is by deceiving people. From not devoting to Christ. La, la, look at me. Every human being devotes themselves to something throughout their lives. Because there's a part in man that God created for devotion. People who say they devote to nothing, they devote to themselves. They call themselves God. And they say, we don't believe in any God, which means that you are the God of yourself. And they devote themselves to themselves by seeking knowledge. Because the deception Satan gave those ones is that the, the more knowledge you seek, you discover more of yourself. That's a devotion. There are some in church of God today, they devote to, to success so that they will rob the time they should have fellowship with God with the time they're looking for success. They can, they can be sleepless seeking success. Many of you, when you want to go for an interview, some of you will begin to do researches overnight. But when we call for night vigil, some of you who do that to think oh, another. So, what could be responsible for you to shrug your shoulder over seeking Christ? The devil. That's what Timothy tells you. And it is true. It is true. When you burn your energy seeking money, you burn your energy seeking success. You burn your whole life seeking something you think will be better for you. At the expense of the one who can make it better or it can offset the plan. That is being deceived. And it's only the devil who does that. Okay? If a man stands before you and the man gives you wrong information and you took the information... The man didn't deceive you. Satan just deceived you. Because it is the spirit of Satan that deceives even angels. We'll get there when I take you down into the details of it. 
When a man wakes up in the morning and he feels to himself that I am I amount to nothing in the world. You know, the people Satan always do that too. Many of them, or most of them, are people that God has created to make a landmark on earth. But if they don't believe in themselves, they can never make that landmark. And you know, when the devil begins to make you feel that you are not able, you are not able systematically, what will happen to you is that all your zeal to strive to survive will begin to die gradually until you find them depressed, locking themselves up dirty, wearing the same clothes for months without washing it. Their home will be stinking rats all over the whole place. The whole place will be, you know, inhabitable. And don't you think the Holy Spirit will live in death? They will come to a place where, even when God is telling them you have a hope, they can't understand it. Their hearing is deaf to anything that encourages because it has been wiped us from the part of their brain that is responsible for that. But they will always respond to everything that will kill and, and make them useless and make them miserable because that is what the devil convinced them they are. But in the real sense, they are not. You see, the disparity between the devil deceiving the woman and the woman to the husband, the woman didn't deceive the husband, he only influenced the husband. And man must be very careful about feminine influence. But you young men, don't let any girl dance around you and take you to bed. It is from the devil. Women can only influence, they can't deceive you. If a man sleeps with a woman that he's not supposed to sleep with, it's not because he's deceived. It's because he is influenced. Because the man knows in his heart till the time of the act, even during the act, that he's doing the wrong thing. That's no deception. Deception is that when life becomes true to you, when someone tells you that something is right, which you used to say it is wrong, and you now accept that, no, 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 my first conviction is not true. This new conviction is the truth. That is deception. You replace something for uh, something. You replace a counterfeit for original. But when you are influence. Don't call it deception. You are not deceived. When you are in the act that is not right for your life, something is telling you that, no, that is not right for your life. But yeah, you still do the act. That is no deception. Come on. That is influence. That is influence. This is a scripture I'm showing you. So, the woman did not deceive the man. The man knew right because it's the man that God commanded. He knew it. But yet, for the woman, he disobeyed God. This year, if you have such influence in your life, it could come from wife, it could come from husband, it could come from friends, cut them off. I beg you for you. You know, when God showed me a glimpse of what he wants to do for his people, it brings tears to my eyes because of the ignorance of his people. They don't know it. And what God demands from man is not what he had not demanded from us. It is what is easier for us to do. To be faithful to God, that's all. That's all. To have a heart for God completely. So that you will not yield to the deception of Satan. As that Timothy said that. The deception of Satan, it will make you not to commit or devote to Christ anymore. When you don't devote to Christ, your life will not shine. Then the protection you have will begin to, to come up. Because the Bible says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High 
He's the one that abides in the shadow of the Almighty. He's the one that can be protected by the shadow. When you go out of the boundary, protection, you lose it. And the devil is very tactical. If you're a Christian, you go to church. He will continue to deceive you to keep on so that you go further and further from protection then. When you are far away from it, when he knows that when he strikes, God will not do anything. By God's law, he will not begin to mess that life up. He had, he had destroyed many Christians. He had made people who should be influential in this world be miserable. Die miserably. Is a soldier die a civilian death? It should never happen again. It should stop in the, in the house of God. Don't you understand? Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he reaps. So if by deception you sow a seed, you will, you will reap destruction. You cannot receive harvest from where you did not sow. If you sow into God, Satan cannot give you harvest. Impossible. There are different seeds. No man can sow on earth apple and go there and reap pineapple or mango. Okay? No man can sow a seed in his wife and get another man's wife pregnant. I'm looking for things to help you understand so that you will understand complete. Are you with me now? It is impossible. So, if you don't sow into God, though you come to God, you will always sow into your flesh and you reap corruption, 1 Corinthians 15. Or you sow into the devil and you reap destruction. As Satan cannot stop your harvest in God, God cannot stop your harvest in Satan. Because as time endures, God said, seed time, harvest time, we know this. For three months last year, I was teaching all of you to watch your tongue. Don't be, don't be in the company of people who run down another member of the church. They are finished. Satan possesses their lips. It doesn't matter who they are. And in their punishment, fasting and prayer will not deliver them. For whatsoever man soweth, that he shall reap. Today I sent a note to the administrators, and we will begin to look at that. Our home group this year has changed. Very, very changed. And I will let you know it. I sat down and said to myself that, why is home group not really working? (laughs) And God gave me the answer. He said, if you do it according to the pattern of the Bible, it will work. It will work. And he showed me all patterns people have been doing. It's not according to the scripture. You know, normally what we do in home group is that we say that people who live in this area should meet together and have home group. But that is not what the Bible established. No. Look at Katie. Where are they today? Look at Deeper Life. They grew like popcorn. But eventually, break away all over the whole place. Majority of those who grow by it are not sound. The founders are unhappy. Because to have a form of godliness is not what the Bible teaches you. It's to make individual disciple. That's what the Bible teaches us. And the Lord showed me. If you look at the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, which is the one we have been reading before. Let me read it to you very quickly. And then we move straight into it. I'm talking about deception, which you must be very careful about. 
It says here, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Yes? And to what? To fellowship. To the what? And to what? Now, you see those things. Teachings. Yes? Fellowship. Yes? Breaking of bread. Yes? And prayer. Those four things. Let me go a bit further. What is devotion to teaching? What I'm telling you, as I teach you right now, you get to your home that day, study it before you sleep. Pray over it till you meet next time. So that the things you are taught today stick in your brain. Fellowship. Church. Temple. That's fellowship. Temple. Now let me help you know this. If you look at and prayer, okay? Let's see the next verse very quickly. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by what? Miraculous signs were done by what? Why? Because the apostle, the office of apostle is office that had the grace to do that. Well, of course, Christians will operate in signs and wonders, but apostles sit in it. Alright? But understand that the devotion of the church is what sparked the manifestation of apostles. Because the church was doing their job, the apostle faced the word and prayer. Full stop. That is the work of apostles. Then it says, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Bonding. Social care for all believers. True love. True love. Not we love, but I love when individuals truly love God, then they will flow in kindness to one another. Not when we here, we have a home group, and we become so used to one another, then it isolates us from the other one there. That is not of God. It's not of God. Churches did it. They have crashed in regret. And then somebody will just come up with an ambition. And then deceive a good number of people and say, I'm starting my own. Which is your own? A person who the Lord did not appear to. A person who does not know how the face of Jesus looks. Who said, I think, I feel in my spirit. That's why the Pentecostal church today are disarrayed. And some deceived will follow that group and then they will struggle. After he has taught everything he can teach, then they will burn up. Because that man is occupying a wrong office and God would not make allocation to any man if you occupy office on his behalf. He will only allocate to you office that he assigned you to, to be. Jeremiah to tells you he designed you to be that before you were formed in your mother's womb. So when you enter to that office, you flow in the grace. If I decide to be another thing to what I am today, I can give you three months that nobody will hear me anymore. That's why many who have gone out like that, that like God has called him, people followed them. few years, everybody is gone. I saw a minister on the, on the YouTube yesterday. Tears came out of my eyes. If I showed the photograph of that man here, many of you would cry. Because anybody who is in London for more than 15 years, you know him. You know him. Rich, extremely rich. 
influential in the church of God in America, if you have anybody more influential than him, he can't, he'll be the second. All over the world. He was so rich, he owns a whole shopping mall, the whole, like, like uh, blue, blue Water. I went there, I'm not telling you what I thought. He owned it. Like the whole of Blue Water. He owned it. Even his image is graven and put there. I saw the video some years ago when he sat on the throne. And I saw that video, a man sit on the throne, and people were coming and they were coming at his feet begging for things. Some of you will know who I'm talking about now. Okay? And then the video went up and showed his face. And I put my hand on my head. I said, this man is finished. Because from 1966, I have seen people raised and crushed by God. People used by God and God destroyed them. Okay? But when I saw him, of course, when that got to the peak, okay, then a scandal came. It looked like a scandal. Then it became a reality. But when a man is doing evil and he posed as a godly man, okay, and then God exposed the evil, what should that man do? Plead for mercy. And tell the whole world, I was an impostor. Father, forgive me. Before the whole world, God will have spared him. When I saw him yesterday, he was like a skeleton. Physically, not in the spiritual. And I read the comments around him that people wrote about him. And I said, ah, fools are leading fools. The comments that was written by the people who now received him on, to come and speak on pulpit does not address his issue. They even lied in that comment. He also lied. I know one of them in, in, in Nigeria. He was a bishop. Really, he was an archbishop. And he was serving under another archbishop. And he was very promiscuous, sleeping with women. And then he caught AIDS. And he dehydrated and the AIDS came to the mature level. And you know what he said to people? He said, I'm going through transition. He's having to say that I have AIDS. He said, I'm going through transition. You know, they cover who have AIDS and stuff like that. So they have to cover. Until when he died, and then they have to expose that cause of death, AIDS. You know what? Don't let Satan deceive you. Don't let the devil deceive you. Let me finish that thing and then we go in. All believers who are together and had everything in common. Look at the next verse. Selling their possession and goods, they gave to one another as they had need. The next one. Every day they continue to meet where? So if they met every day in temple, where would they have time to meet in the home group? So home group was not a place of communal meeting. No. So where is home group then? I will show you now. Because these people went to church, to temple every day, Monday to Sunday. They went to temple. Every day. They went to temple. Now, how did they talk about home group? It says, they broke bread where? Your home is a home group. 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 Your home. God said, uh, the Bible says that fathers should teach their wife and children in, at home. And the breaking of bread is you, your family, you break bread. You break bread. What about those who haven't got families? Then, 
maybe by our own intuition, we can say three or four of you should gather together. Choose a place among yourself. But somebody who has family, you are not supposed to drive to home group. If you're home, you have family. That is your home group. Your first duty is to make sure all your members of your home are disciples. You two are growing. Then, you invite members or friends into your home. That is the scripture. This is the word of God. Okay? I know they wrote so many books on home group. Lies. When I was sat down by God to write what I wrote, I did not read any book of any man. I wanted to get the architecture right. How did it happen in the beginning? When the Lord took my eyes to this today, I was shocked. Because my concept of it is very different. Though, we are not far from it, because what we said is that if a home group turns to 12, they should break into two. Okay? Though we did that ignorantly, because our intention is that, so that everybody eventually can become a teacher of the word. That is our structure. Break into two. So that you cannot be more than, really when you are above six, you should just be breaking into two. So that those who have been trained to teach among you, they will now assume the position while others have been trained. That is our structure. But that structure will kill inordinate ambition. Because you are ordained does not mean that God has called you to pastor people. Know that. In the book of Acts chapter 13, it says, In the church of Antioch were prophets and teachers. They were ministers. Those teachers are called pastors. All of them were in one church. Until Holy Spirit said, separate from me, Paul and Barnabas. We will not be deceived by the devil. Amen. Let me say something to you, all of you who are members of church. You need to know this. In the whole church in this world, it is only Christ's tabernacle that branches don't give back a penny to the general overseer, which is me. I do not earn one dime from any branch. My administrators, two of us, a penny, even when I travel to them, I pay for my ticket from my branch. They don't pay my ticket. Are you with me now? For many years in Lagos, they were feeding me from my own personal accounts. Yes? Okay? Because I will not demand from them because they are still growing. They are still growing. My father told me when I was young. When you plant a, a, a um, what do you call it for? Vegetable. <laughs> Spanish or vegetable. Why are you laughing at me? Spanish. Okay. You know, before I'm a British, I was something else. Okay? So if I'm trying to speak Queen's English, don't persecute me, my friend. You can, you, can, you can hear patois from me sometimes because my grandfather came from Sierra Leone, uh, from Forabe. And you can hear some bad from my mouth. So, because there are some, some words in my dialect. English don't have vocabulary for it. So, <laughs> my father used to tell me this. When you, when you plant spinach and it's just sprouting up, do you pluck it? You let it grow and have seeds. So that when you pluck the leaf, then you can plant the seed. And he told me, anytime you pluck a vegetable that is just growing, you finish all your ability to, to harvest much. And I apply that to church. So that 
Planting church is not a means to be making riches. I will not die ungodly death. Because I don't collect from churches like that, does it mean that I'm not blessed? I'm comfortable. That's why I read. I read more, I read more. If I can make money by other means, I will. To help the church. It's not so with a lot. I want to keep this house in the pattern that I have seen that Jesus handed over to the apostles. Deception of Satan is very trickish. Very trickish. Let's go ahead and I finish it. Oh, I have gone beyond my time now. You caused it. So, I will conclude this. I will just conclude this. Okay? So, your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for what? Someone to devour. And the Bible says we must what? Resist him firmly. In faith. You must look at anywhere the devil has been deceiving you tonight and deal with it. Look, that is what I believe God wants us to know tonight. Tomorrow I will talk about what is the mandate of the devil. And I will talk about where is the battlefield and how we can overcome this deception of the devil. If anybody is zealous, when I, was, when I first got to, let me help you know this. When I, when I first got to, uh, when the Lord led me to the church where I was really groomed here in England, Oliver Deford Baptist Church, all right? When I got there, you know, I, had, I saw a need. And I want all of you to listen attentively because that's what I expect any righteous person to do. Okay? I saw a need in that church. A need. Because there were only 16 members. When the senior pastor prays, nobody says amen. They say it into their mind. So you hear the voice of one man. When they sing, only the voice of the pastor you'll be hearing. And I felt that I'm coming from a big church. I don't know any other church, small like this. I said, I'm not good. And the Holy Spirit told me that he that is whole needs no physician. If you serve me, you will stay here. So, I now thought, what can I do to help this church? I went to meet my pastor. That is what I expect anybody who has a burden to do in this house. You come and meet me. I'm your pastor. This is the burden God is giving to me. Then I will help you channel it right. Okay? I said to him, do people not come to this church? He said they do. I said, then where are they? He said they don't stay. So in my mind, I said, who will stay in a place that is dead like this? When people cannot say hallelujah, nobody prays here. How can people come? In my heart. That is a fact. People don't stay in a place where you know, people are looking for a place where they can even do, some of them are more alive than the people they are meeting. So, and I said, give me the book of all the visitors. He said, what do you want to do with it? I said, I will pray and God will bring them. Oh, my pastor, senior pastor was a Scottish man from Arakas. He said, yes, take, he believes in prayer. He was a building engineer too. He gave, gave the, the, the list to me and I went home every 12 midnight, I would pray till one over that church. I will pray over that church. I will pray over the, the list of the 
visitors. I will call them by name, one of the other, out of the other. And I will command them to come in the name of Jesus Christ. When I did that for three months, and on the Sunday, I would no usher. Okay? I would go on Sunday and I would stand by the door. Our pastor do welcome for the door. I would go and stand by the door. As people are coming in, I would welcome them. I say, what's your name? You tell me the name. I would look at it. Where do you live? I would look at the book. Ah, you are very welcome. Yes, you are here before. Yeah, you are very welcome. And I say to the Lord, you answer prayer. And I prayed people in one after the other. So, now people began to come. We did not do leaflets to advertise Olivet. We did not go to television. The television didn't exist then. Are you with me now? So, I prayed day, every night, day and night, until they came. Now when they came and I said, there's no midweek prayer. Well, they have one fellowship which they do briefly and then they will drink coffee and tea. And I said that, I want to start a prayer meeting at, on Friday night vigil. And my pastor said that, what it is, I said, we will come and pray. He said, yes, okay, that's all right. And my pastor came to the first, he told the whole church, we are starting night vigil. Our friend is going to, you know, help us in this. And we started praying. It was in that meeting, God brought Pastor Adisa, God brought Pastor Sidney, their wives, and others. They were all young then too. And God built that church. The, the chairs we have in the church is only 88. By the time I walked in that church, praying day and night over that house, okay, we had 110 members. Alright? And then, when I started that night vigil, the people coming knew they were coming. The old people soon fade away. Not only that, God now began through me healing people. When people are getting healed, they turn upside down. The people coming in are getting baptized in the Holy Spirit in my meetings. That is what earned me the office of a pastor. That is how my pastoral office began. Listen to me. That is the way it should be for everybody. The gifting of a man. Don't you know that to go and lead people, all the demons that are fighting those people, they will face you and your family. Oh yes, my, my friend. They will, they, so if you are not sent, they will just turn you to vegetable. Are you with me now? A recruit or a sergeant does not go to lead army in the place, place of a general. Because you know how to fight. You only had a little infantry. You don't know how the logistic of, you know, fighting and international relations. You don't understand. Somebody to become a general, he will have been trained several years in several things. So when he hear a language from the enemy, he understands what they will end up doing. So is the calling of God. I know people who have gone out early and they were mad. Because they were afflicted by devil. So we must understand tonight what God is saying is this. You must not allow the enemy to deceive you. Second Timothy 3.12 says, In fact, everyone who wants to live godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while every man, an impostor, 
will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. And Second Corinthians 11, it says, But I'm, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent cunning, your minds may, uh, by serpent, serpent's cunning, your mind may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion for Christ. Our sincere and pure devotion for Christ must not be sniffed off. I didn't hear your amen. amen. I say your sincere devotion for the Lord will not be sniffed off by the deception of Satan. Let's stand up on our feet. We're going to pray for ourselves that the Lord will empower our inner man and arm us by his spirit so that in this age, Satan cannot and will not deceive us. Shall we begin to pray in the name of Jesus? Oh Lord, tell the Lord, guard our hearts and mind that the enemy will not be able to deceive us in any way. Tell the Lord, empower me, O God, to resist the devil. Help me not to yield to temptation from the devil. Every way the devil turns my heart, help me not to, to, to submit to the temptation. Guard my heart. The Bible says, God, your heart is the wellspring of life. Tell the Lord, do not let the devil make a mockery of me. Empower me to surrender my flesh under your spirit. Pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help my soul, O God. Help my soul, O God. Help my soul, O God. Help my thinking, O God. Help my reasoning, O God. Tell the Lord, do not let my zeal overcome your will for me. Enable me to submit my zeal under your control. In everything that I do, that you will take preeminence. Tell the Lord, teach me what to do in all occasions. Teach me how to go in everything. Teach me how to decide in every matter of my life. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour. The Bible says, resist him firmly in your faith. Enable me to say no to the devil. Help me to say no to the devil. Father, help my soul to stand against the devil. Help my spirit to yield to my God. Pray that my devotion to Christ will not be withdrawn. I will not burn low, Lord. Don't let the devil kill my morale and my devotion to you. Enable my devotion, O God.
The Bible says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapon of our warfare is not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of a stronghold. He said, we demolish argument and every pretension that sets itself above or against the knowledge of God. Begin to pray, Father, demolish every argument in my mind. Every pretension in my mind. That stands against the will of God. Let them be demolished. Oh Lord my King, we pray thee. We pray thee, O oh God. What I'm asking you to do, do it with your heart sincerely to God. Satan is interested in making sure that we waste our life and time. As long as we are not doing the will of God, Satan doesn't worry. And God is burning in his spirit. Who will go for us or who shall we send? Who shall go for us or who shall we send? Will we say, here am I, send me. Oh Lord my King. In Jesus anointed name we are praying. I think we need to pray two more prayers. I want us to pray for the fallen ministers. You know, in the book of um, Psalm 145 that we read. Isn't it? Psalm 145. It says that he raises up the fallen. It is a terrible thing for a man who has been used by God before to become a laughingstock among demons. Because they have overpowered him. Verse 14 says, The Lord uphold all those who fall and lift up all who are bowed down. Verse 14. We are going to pray for all who are falling in the church of God across the globe. You know, when people fall, they teach us who are standing lessons. That what made them fall, we must not do it. Because we all know what people do to fall. Alright? When the fear of God is out of the way, and what they are begin to become the, the, the thing. And what they are enters their head, the more the, prof, the, more the shepherd grows, the Bible says, the more they sin against them. We're going to pray that God should Give them a heart of repentance for us because God cannot raise them up unless they repent. We will pray that God will isolate everybody who is sent by Satan, who surround them and keep on healing them in their fallen states so that they do not know that they will repent. But God will bring in people who will talk to their spirits. And this year, we want to see restoration of those people. Not death. But those people that we want to see, they will come to the public and say that I have sinned against the Lord. This is what I have done that have earned me this disgrace. I tell you, church, don't follow that path. This is the new pattern. According to the scripture, that is what I want to see and want to hear. That God will destroy the spirit that think, that make them feel that it is a shameful thing to repent. It's not a shameful thing. 
If you repent before people and people go about and talk nonsense, it has become their own liability and problem. You are free. You are free. So we're going to pray for them. Father, uphold those who are falling. Give them a heart of repentance. Let them have an encounter of you and be restored. Shall we just begin to pray? Lift up those who are bowed down among us. We pray for the church of God on earth. There are some of them you have been speaking to. But Lord, they refuse to bow because of pride. Lord, destroy the spirit of pride. Let repentance come. Lord, we destroy every spirit of hell. The spirit of pride that is holding them bound. We loose their souls from hell in the name of Jesus. From nation to nation. We pray for those who are still standing in the sight of men, but they have been falling before you. Who engage in devious things that God hates. People that Satan are deceived from the altar. They still show up before God's people, but their names are taken out. Have mercy, Lord. Reveal yourself to them. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. I want us to pray also for the, the authority. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy 2, 1, I urge then, first of all, that requests and prayers, intercession and thanksgiving will be made for all men. For kings and for all of, for those in authority, that we may live peace, peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleasing to our God. We want to pray for our own country. Our prime minister now, uh, we have entered this year. If you have been watching the news, a brief has begun to to be you know to be uh, stirred up today. She has to make a decision. Together with her council, that is the team, they're working together. We will pray that the Holy Spirit will prevail over their decision. That God will put words in the mouth of Theresa May. And God will cause everyone who work under her to obey it. Okay? Enough of all this confusing, dichotomy, misleading information. That God will put words in Theresa She's our leader. 
Whatever she decides will affect our destiny. Alright? So we're going to pray for her that the Holy Spirit will take preeminence in this decision. Shall we just pray? Father Lord, we pray for Theresa May, our Prime Minister. According to your word, O God, she is in a hot seat. I wonder what we could do if we were there. But wisdom belongs to you. Knowledge belongs to you. Understanding belongs to you. Visit her, O Lord, in the night. And give her a full revelation of what she will decide. Cause the heart and mind of everyone working with her to submit to that counsel. Take away every fear and pride in their decision. Take away every ignorance from their decision. Let their decision be just. Let it be reasonable and let it be fair. Let their decision enhance God in this nation. Let it put our, our nation back on the map of God seekers. We pray thee, O God. We pray thee, O King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Bring out your request and hold your calendar in your hand. And that will be our last prayer for tonight. And we are going to pray. The Bible says, For God is able to make all grace abound, that having enough at all times, we will be able to give unto every good work. Also, the Bible says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. The Lord works out everything for his own ends. So we are going to tell the Lord, this is the project you have given us as a church. The calendar in our hands. Father, bless me to be able to fulfill this dream. With material blessing and spiritual blessing. Father, in this program you have given to CFT this year, enable me to fulfill my part. Lord, that my part will be impactful. Lift up your voice and pray for that. This is the provision you have given to us as a people. A covenant you have made with CFT Church. And all who are connected with us all over the world. Tell the Lord, the covenant you made for, with us each month, let it happen in my family. Let it happen in my life. Father, we pray thee, as you have spoken for each month, so it shall be for me and my family. Father, Lord, you will bless me spiritually and materially so that my part in this budget will not be empty. You will use me, Lord, to fulfill this vision. My life, oh God, my presence, my finance will impact the fulfillment of what you have put here. All the budget you have set before CFT this year. Bless me according to the budget. Lord, that I will be able to play a great role in making sure that this is met. Now begin to pray over your own requests. That Lord, in meeting with your budget for this house, 
I present my request before you. Oh Lord my God. Breathe your breath upon my request. I commit to you all I want to do. Let my plan succeed. Let my plan succeed this year. Let my plan succeed. Let my plan succeed this year. Father, we pray thee. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats, please.